So this is You'll Hear It Live. That's Adam Ennis. I'm Peter Martin. This What's is Christian happening? McBride. That's Sean Jones. We're excited to have them here. And uh, we're here for the next hour or so to entertain you a little bit. We're gonna add, we're kind of adding in a new segment. Should we announce that now? Yeah, we kind of just started it, right? Yeah. Did you mention it before? Because how did folks know about um, Dolphin Dance? Somebody tipped them off. About Dolphin Dance? Yeah. Oh, I think I did mention today at the Daily Guide of Practice session, yeah, that we were going to be playing some Dolphin Dance today. And I mentioned, I might have, yeah, I might have sneak peeked the new segment. Okay, cool. That's right. It's all good. So, um, yeah, we thought we would take kind of um, almost like a tune of the week, something that we could study, that we could play in our various things. And then those of you that want to kind of either learn along with us or review, if that's the case, or just refresh yourself. Uh, you can do that. And I love this tune. I mean, this is such a... Um, woof. I mean, there's so many possibilities there. So we can talk about voicings, but we thought, as always, it would be fun to take questions from you guys. So if you have specific things that you might have struggled with, and I know we already had... We're, Adam and I are going to duke it out a little bit because we had a little bit of conflicting changes there. Yeah. Which is all part of the well, process, no, this is So this would be the first thing I would ask you, of <laughs> course, right? Yeah. Right? So this, on the... On the we have our, our and this is always the question because yeah so we have our e sus our a minor yeah or c major seven over e back to our e sus back to this then our e flat sus yeah now i learned this chord as this kind of sound right and i'm i'm trying to remember i i need to go back to the original as like yeah. a b flat seven sharp 11 flat nine over e flat right no because yeah. you had something else going on so I think that's the double. I think that's the doppio diminished. I think there, you're right? right about that, actually. So you got. Um, wait, do we have our? Uh, do we have this? <laughs> no, we don't, man. Oh, bam! How do no, you like that? <laughs> it was too much going on. We're just trying to get headphones working. Okay, so we got. Um, so what we're talking about is basically the last four chords of the piece, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So there we got sus E flat for the fourth to the last measure, and then that one, the, the chord in question, I'm going to say is. I have no idea what you call this, but the the two diminished triads, A flat diminished triad, and then separated by a whole step, the E triad, uh, E diminished triad. So, hold on, say that again. So you have the. So you have E flat on the bottom. The, yeah. the whole thing, the whole thing is E flat um, pedal. So we've got just play an A flat diminished triad below middle C. Yeah, and then an E diminished triad, a whole step up. So okay, wow. You know who showed me that? Yeah, this is what I said. Nicholas Payton. <laughs> he was like, "This is the chord, dude." But this is what I this is what I was saying. It's a B flat seven sharp eleven flat nine kind of vibe. Okay, right? yeah, that's yeah. not what you played. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I played. I was playing this. Yeah, it's similar. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. There you go. But okay, so but here's the thing is is so you're using this. Are you thinking A flat whole half diminished? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, then we were on the same page. Why didn't it sound good? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe no, it was the next one. So we got And then what do you play next? Oh, yeah, it's I go the, back to the sus. Yeah, that's Okay. I mean, you can do that, but it's something else there. I think it's um man, what is this? I used to know this. I'm gonna we're gonna come back to that because I'm gonna remember it. It's like I think it's that. It doesn't seem like it's gonna fit the melody. I know that. 
Yeah, I think it's like a 13 sharp 11 flat third, like like a E flat 13 sharp 11 flat nine, sharp nine. So you got. It's definitely not like a static type of situation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, the this more is you know, man. And then two five down to C minor, and you're Woo. back at the top. So hey, let us know how everything's sounding. We're getting some feedback here. We have a, we had a bit of a power hiccup in the studio, so we had to kind of restart some things. Obviously, yeah, all the power went out. So I hear the piano's kind of bright. I adjusted a little bit. Let me know. We're Make here. Sh- we, we're here. We aim to please. Did you know that, Adam? We do aim to please. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. Okay, so let's talk about this tune. Yes. So, uh, what I love about this tune is that it starts on this pretty. Yeah. E flat major seven. And then it never happens again. Right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But it always, you know, it floats in and out of areas where you think it's going to go there, and it seems like it is. And we've got a lot of C minor, of course. And, you know, this is the kind of tune you can think about the relative major and the, and the relative minor and what a strong story that tells in terms of setting up the architecture of the tune because that's like a natural thing that people can hear. You don't need to know anything about music theory or be a musician. Like That's just like being able to look into nature and be like, wow, the, the leaves are changing. That's a pretty color or whatever. So that's a built-in kind of situation that we can, as the young and say, lean into mm-hmm. as opposed to like forcing out. You know what I mean? So every time you're going in and out of an E-flat major or a C minor being the relative minor. Yes, sir. Can I see it over on the other screen? We're getting some requests for some Cordy coming oh, up. Oh, come on. So, and I kind of agree. So. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I, while he works on that. So we'll just talk a little bit more of that. So we're thinking the first time that we go to the relative minor there is on that fourth bar, and then we go to C minor. So you can almost look at these as kind of transitional, going to an interesting place, and then back to the E-flat major. We'll talk about where that goes, second bar in a second. And then here, boom. You always want to kind of think about the sound, like the harmony gives it such a, it either feels like it needs to go somewhere, whether it goes there or not, or it feels like it should be staying staying somewhere. That's the kind of two basic ways of thinking about how we play harmony. There's in reality a lot of sort of gradations in between, but if you think about it, like, like that wants to stay there, that minor nine, and especially the way that I'm playing it, like a minor 11, right? And that dominant, that A-flat 7, definitely wants to be like, you know. Okay, so. Okay, let's go back to where we were talking about from the top. We've got E-flat major. Yep. And then that second chord. What were you just saying about that? You had something nice to say. So that's an E-flat 7 sus, right? So the thing to keep in mind with this E-flat 7 sus, it's clear. This is based off of the Mixolydian scale, right? So it's got that major third in there. Yeah. I mean, and in that melody... There's so much to do. So even if you just, if you're a pianist, if you just hit that like a D flat major seven over E flat, and then you kind of play around on the on the dominant. Not that you ever solo on this chord on this tune, but if you were, right. And then back to the E flat uh, major seven, and then a D half diminished, right? Yep. G seven. So. 
Hey, yeah. hey, what are you doing? Yeah, there you go. Okay, so we got that. We got that. Oh, I got no Cordy coming. That's okay. You got no Cordy? <laughs> if you guys could only see, can you see that? Wait, let's let's go on. Do that look again. That was a nice look. That was a nice. This is Adam Frust. Now, Adam's been doing a lot of meditation. He's been doing a lot of soul searching. So you don't get to see this, but I, this is the Adam that I get to see. Let's see that one. Oh, look at him. He's trying to breathe heavy. He's the technical goblins are trying to get him. And I think you know, they got him. I think they got him. There's no better feeling <laughs> ever, really, than trying to think about music and trying to communicate that when technical things are going wrong. It's right. really I can't ask for a better situation oh. for my equanimity. That's right. Let's get some equanimity going, you know what I'm saying? So um all right, while you're doing that, let me just talk. That was some cool stuff you were saying about that second chord. But what I think about, too, is a little bit of possible foreshadowing. So you've got, so we were talking about the major and the minor, you know, really starting to establish those as the tunes so that as we pass in and out of them, even though we go to some unusual places on this tune, that becomes the listener and the player's kind of home base a little bit, right? Yeah. Because what where does this seem like it wants to go? Yeah, well, exactly. It's a dominant chord. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now we're in a Summerfest R&B outdoor concert, right? I'm not minding that, though, That's a nice place to go. I'm not minding that. But that's the cool thing about, like, deceptive cadences and and just suggestive things, especially when they're right at the beginning of the tune, is that, like, you're kind of taking the listener on a journey in a way, right? Let me see what's happening here. Oh, no, we ain't going on that journey. Um, So it's like, okay, there, we don't go here, but we've got the possibility of going there, right? That's right. And it's and the fact that it resolves back. But you know what? This isn't too big of a stretch for a resolution. Right? Yeah. Cuz this this E flat cuz where does it resolve to? Right? Yeah. What's in this A flat major 9 chord? There's only one note diatonically different between yeah, that and Yeah. It's that. not that far away. And actually this is a great lesson and and God bless you Herbie for great lessons in in the first two bars, three bars of a tune. Right? Herbie's Buddhist. By the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Herbie no. would not be getting rattled like we are right now. That's that's who's rattled, man. <laughs> but we can use these sus chords, right? Yeah. As little dominant chords, right. even back to the to the same thing. Yeah. You hear this all the time. So and the that's important what's going thing on. to think about for this, and this is really, I think, our concept, and and I, I dare I say, the open studio way for thinking about jazz theory is that there's no usage of, there's no use to analyzing something and understanding something from a theoretical standpoint. So we talk about jazz harmony theory, um, unless you can make the equivalent connection between how it sounds, how it feels, different places you can take the listener on the journey. Because we've got to, it's so easy to forget that the listener does not know jazz harmony, I mean, or jazz theory, does not care about jazz theory. I mean, it's just kind of like when you got a live stream going good and you can't see any of the cables coming and everything just works. That's the way you want it to be. That's the way professionals deal with stuff. But when 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 the back end kind of comes out to see it, and so this is really the back end, uh, and it's important for us as musicians, absolutely, to understand this, but never lose sight of connecting it with how it feels. So. Knowing that it, where it could go and all the different possibilities is just as important as knowing where you are with it and knowing what kind of name, you know, it goes along with it. 
You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. I do. Adam, please more piano volume. I'm trying, folks. <laughs> He's trying. Just tell me what you want to play and I'll play it for you. How about that? Okay, so let's keep moving on. Badoom, we got there, and then we're back, as you said, the E flat, very similar to the A flat. And then we're going 2-5. And this is one that it's a 2-5, two, 2 C minor, so they very natural to 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 bust out your um D half diminished, no problem. But a lot of times I find myself hitting this. Which is really, I'm hearing that as that A flat seven, but over the D. It's a sharp nine flat thirteen. Ain't nothing wrong about that. But it just slides to that G seven flat thirteen nicely. So you're thinking about this as like a not not half diminished, but yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's that's one of the options. Well, that works really well because right after that, exactly, exactly, is we that actually A go flat. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that kind of foreshadowing that's built into the tune that once we tap into it can be really exciting. I think for sure. 